I was alive and I was so grateful for that. And my vision that first year was so vibrant. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms right. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Have you ever thought about writing a book, nonfiction or fiction, about an experience that had a profound impact on your life? October is Pituitary Awareness Month, and to mark it, we are bringing a special episode. Today's guest, Edie Hackett, is a mom and speech-language pathologist by day and a writer by night. In 2020, she published a novel, The Havoc in My Head, which tells the story of a woman dealing with a pituitary tumor, something that she herself dealt with. In the show, Edie shares her experience writing about and dealing with this life-altering condition. Please welcome Edie Hackett. Hello, Erica. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So what are you most excited about right now? So I'm actually really excited to be on here. This month, it is Pituitary Tumor Awareness Month. Um, It's something that I dealt with personally, and I feel like it's a topic that not a lot of people know about, but everyone seems to know someone that has one or had to go through the treatment for one. So I just wanted to kind of put my perspective into novel format to kind of help other people that are dealing with that or even family and friends of those who are dealing with it to give some understanding about what's going on. So I'm, I'm really excited to be on here to kind of talk about my experiences with that. A lot of, you know, beginning writers write, I think probably not a lot. I, I think everybody starts with a story that's like close to their own lived experience. Like how was that experience for you writing about what must have been a, a difficult part of your life? Yeah, I I did not want to write about it as a memoir because I was actually fearful that if I did write a memoir, I would somehow hurt someone's feelings in my life or say something that I shouldn't have said. And it was just much easier to create a character that was going through that issue and having her follow the experiences that I experienced, but making all the details different. So what I like to tell people is that the emotional journey in the book is true to me, but all the details about the main character and the life that she led prior to her surgery and her diagnosis um, is very different from mine. And what was like, there's two experiences and we're talking about here. One is what was, uh, you know, profound experience is going through all of that yourself. And then when one was writing the book, can, can you tell us a little bit about 
like how that journey was for you as in the real life version? Um, well, looking back on it now, it really was a blessing um, on so many levels because number one, on the bad, the negative side, I was out of work for a year. Like I couldn't drive. I, for the first six months, couldn't read. Um, every time I looked at something, the left side of my field completely blurred out. Um, so I was out of work for a very long time and I had a surgery to try to remove the tumor, which like sits right. It was sitting up against my optic nerves. Um, and they were unable to get it out. So we had to do another surgery. So I was not working, but my vision had slightly improved. And so because of that, I was home all the time and I was able to really write while I was going through the process. So I feel like the story is very emotional and true to what I went through. It's not like, you know, three years later, I'm looking back and saying, okay, what was, what was radiation like? All right, let me see if I can remember, like what happened during that? Like I was able to talk about it as it was happening. So I feel like the book itself is almost like, um, it feels like a diary almost. Wow. But it's not. Um, and so, yeah. So for my, my journey, I mean, I had two surgeries within two months of each other. And then I had radiation for six weeks and I'm just being followed up for my hormones and my vision, you know, from this point forward. Wow. I mean, that is a very unique experience to be able to write your way through it and then draw yeah. from that to, to build your, your novel. When you were writing those reflections about your experience is it was that were you thinking i'm gonna this is gonna be a novel or were you just like documenting your journey so i have this thing um because i have two children and i'm always afraid that something's going to happen to me and i need them to know like how much i love them so when i found out i was pregnant i opened a journal and i wrote to them every day until they were about to, and then I got pregnant again. Um, and I started a new journal and I just, I needed to document it because it's an illness that directly affects me, but indirectly affects my entire family. And so while I was struggling with it, they were struggling with it in a different way. Mm. And so I wanted to process all of that and figure out how to be the best mom I could be during that time. And writing it down was the only way I knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is something so powerful with processing intense experiences through writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what happened next? So you, you went through this treatment. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, long story short, my tumor was three inches around. Um, after the first surgery, they got enough to biopsy it. It came back benign. The second surgery, 
they got two thirds of it out. And after radiation, it shrank a little bit. But now we're watching for regrowth because it's still there. There, you know, there were parts of it that were wrapped around the carotid artery, which is very common, but you can't treat that. It's too dangerous. So now we're constantly checking to make sure that it's not growing. Um, and the other thing is that because of the radiation, my pituitary gland is basically dead. And all those hormones, like for your thyroid, for your metabolism, for your energy, all of that is pretty much depleted. So it's going to be a constant uh, battle with all the specialists, just trying to make sure that number one, it's not growing. And number two, that my hormones are where they need to be. Right, right. So you're still living with the ongoing impacts of this. Yeah. And I mean, from what I've learned, it's lifelong, you know, it's, it's something that's going to always have to be monitored. And so writing the experience, I imagine must have given you some insight. What were those, those gems that then came out in the novel? I think the biggest thing was just appreciating everything that I had, you know, like I was alive and I was so grateful for that. I was out of work, which isn't great financially, but it was great for my family. We spent a lot of time together. And my vision that first year was so vibrant. Like when I was first having symptoms, I felt like I was wearing sunglasses all the time. Whether it was sunny out, raining, I was inside or outside, everything was dark. And after they removed the pressure off my optic nerves, it was like I could see again. Like every color was so vibrant. It was unbelievable. And just, it was like a rebirth almost Mm. where I just realized how lucky I am because of all the things that came out of that experience, which was terrifying when it was happening. But Um, I mean, it was something that I feel like I had to go through to appreciate what I had. Yeah. Wow. That's such a, you know, when they talk about writing, I'm reading a a craft book right now, the emotional craft of fiction, I think. And it's so interesting because there's this one specific passage where they, the author describes like how in writing you need to create a visual outward representation of an inward experience, like an inward transformation, right? And that is such a beautiful metaphor that you described there is going through the near death part, giving you that appreciation of what life and, but then also that there's this visual aspect of it where you're actually like seeing colors more vibrantly. Like that is, I feel like that's such a beautiful like representation of that inward experience. Yeah, it definitely was a growth moment for me, but then also my husband and my kids. And during this whole time too, COVID hit. So school shut down. Perfect. (laughs) Wonderful. So I had to figure out that. But again, it's like it allowed us all to be home. And I think everyone in the world experienced that, that being home and, you know, prioritizing 
what's important. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like another layer on it, too. And so when you wrote that in your novel, is that the sort of transformation that your character goes through? Is that? Yeah. Yes. So I needed to make my character. I'm really good at writing unlikable characters. Many people have told me that, but I had to make her unlikable. So at the end, she made this huge transformation. So she went from being very like money hungry and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and all that. And then at the end, it just, she was totally different because of everything that she had lost, but then regained. What was it like sharing this novel? Because you've written a a fair number of, you know, women's Mm -hmm. fiction books. Like, was this one, did it feel different? I mean, this is the one I think that I'm the most proud of. I think it's the one where I was the most honest. And I feel like it can make a difference in people's lives. You know, I have shared the novel in my pituitary Facebook group. And, you know, people have read it and been like, thank you so much. Like, I felt like I was reading about me. And um, I just feel like it's such a misunderstood diagnosis. You know, there's just so much more to it. And everyone that has it and is suffering from it has different symptoms depending on the size and the location of the tumor, but all that emotional stuff and all that hormonal stuff Mm. is, is the same. Did it change? So you were already writing, this wasn't like your first book. So have you seen it impact your writing since then? (laughs) My first book was kind of a free for all, you know, let's just swing it and see what happens. But it's still out there and it's still getting one star reviews. But you know what? I'm okay with it because I need a baseline. I, Mm. if I never released that book, I would probably would have stopped writing because I put so many hours into that book. And even though it's not the greatest form of literature, um, it's my starting point. Mm. In every book I write, I feel like I progress with my craft, with, you know, my cover, with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think that it's important. This one was my second book that I wrote. And I was afraid to have people read it because it was so personal to me. Mm. And so I also based some of the characters on my book on some of the people I know in my life. And I was like nervous that they would make that connection or not be happy with like my doctor. I gave all my doctors a copy and he said, I read your book. I think I know who I was. It was not very flattering. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Cause he's my favorite doctor of all of them. And I was, I didn't know what to say. You know, so it was just like things like that, that I was really nervous about, but it definitely pushed me because I was so, I was home for so long. It really made writing a priority. Mm -hmm. So it kind of set me on this trajectory of, you know, trying desperately to improve my writing, to Mm -hmm. reach more people. And I feel like without everything I went through, I wouldn't be where I am today with my writing path. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's another good point, though, that you bring up is that when you do write from your life, which I guess that may look different in, in different genres. For myself, I, you know, I write contemporary women's fiction, so it's definitely drawn on my life. Um, and I think that must be a fear, or if you're writing personal essays, even more so, of that people have putting too much of your life in your stories and what will people say. So what would be your suggestion for that? I mean, I think you just have to do it. Honestly, like you're writing based on what you know, and you're writing compelling characters that are influenced by your experiences, whether you want it to be that way or not. You know, we write from our heart and our soul. And I feel like there's no way to truly separate the author from the writing. Um, But I mean, there's definitely ways to do it tactfully. Mm -hmm. And just being aware of, of that. Have you since put people in your books to the degree that they could identify with like that with your doctor? (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. Um, I always draw characteristics of people I know, like a mixture of characteristics, and I put them into one character. Mm. So I do feel like there isn't... um, my characters don't represent one specific person. It's a group of people mm-hmm. that I know. Um, and like I said, I, I try to create characters that have a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I feel like they start off as not very likable. <laughs> <laughs> and so after writing this book, What changes do you think that you made as a result? When I wrote my first book, I considered it a hobby. And my my attitude and perspective at that point, because I'm very financially aware of Mm. what I'm spending my money on and this idea of putting in money into a book that may or may not have a return was terrifying because it's a it's expensive to put a book out there. Mm -hmm. And so with every book, I get a little bit more confident. And I'm like, Oh, you know what, let me let me do a developmental edit, let me do a developmental and a line edit, because I'm more confident in my writing. And it's becoming less of a hobby and more of the end goal is to write full time. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm making that transition. And as I make that transition, I'm becoming more confident in my skill, which is giving me more confidence to spend money to make it a great product, if if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of once I put that book out there and it was out there for all my friends and family to read because they all knew what I had gone through. It was kind of like that jumping off point that, Mm. you know, sink or swim, do or die. We're either doing this or we're not. And it was that moment of actually getting serious about my writing. Wow. And so after you put this book out and it was this big milestone in your career, what have you been working on since? So I actually am 
dabbling with Kindle Bella at this point. So that has been my focus for the past three months um, with the intention of self-publishing the stories into novels. Mm. So it's actually, it's been really helpful to keep me accountable Mm. and to keep writing um, because I need to get those episodes out on a fairly consistent basis. So it's actually been really good for my routine and, you know, just shifting my focus a little bit. Mm -hmm. How, what is the frequency of the episodes? So I put out three to six every 10 days. So it's, it's about like five to 7,000 words. Okay. And it, it helps me too, because I'm very much a fast drafter where I just write, 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 write. And then I spend the next three months editing and revising and adding and deleting. Mm -hmm. But with this, because I'm writing in such short bursts, I do the writing and then I take two or three days to edit and I send it to my critique partner for like a final run through and then I put it up. So it's not as overbearing I guess because I I don't like editing I don't like revising I just like to write and let the thoughts flow but this way it's like I'm just editing these tiny molehills instead of facing this giant mountain that I'm never going to get over Mm -hmm. yeah so breaking it down keeps you motivated and is that time pressure which I know is a real motivator depending on the kind of writer someone is and then also has the added bonus of breaking your manuscript down into more manageable editing chunks yes mm-hmm. yeah that has been really helpful too and just setting my routine and getting the words down and getting the episodes out yeah that's great we don't have kindle villa apparently in canada but mm-hmm. i'm I'm like, I'm hoping one day it'll come. Yeah. Our doors. Do you have any advice that would give yourself? Maybe um, the version of you that had just finished that first book? Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. My advice would be to send it off to an actual editor. I mean, (laughs) that would have been my first advice to anyone. Like if you're going to put all that time and effort in, do it right. You know, just own the fact that you might lose, you know, a thousand dollars in the process and be okay with that. Mm. Um, I think that's the, you know, the big one. I did the best I could with all my editing programs, but it definitely, you know, those people have that job for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's great. And I am, you know, thank you for sharing your your personal story um, about pituitary tumors. um, And then also, you know, so that's, I think, so amazing for this month. And and just also, of course, your your journey as a writer. I think that is such a, a valuable experience to share. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I mean, I just, if any of your listeners come across someone with a pituitary tumor, Mm -hmm. 
really talk to them because there's so much more going on than what you're just seeing. Right. And is there any warning signs or anything? That I mean, I honestly, like I thought I was crazy. I thought I was seeing things I couldn't see. Then I would see things running across the floor. I couldn't remember anything. My kids were like, what is wrong with you? Like I cooked my kids a pizza and left it in the oven until the next day thinking, where did they, did they really eat that whole pizza? Like, no, I just never gave it to them. (laughs) So like, you know, I, there's so many things where there's mood swings, there's period issues, there's libido issues, there's memory issues, there's vision issues. It's just, there are so many things that the pituitary gland controls in your body. Mm. And every time I went to the doctor, they'd be like, you need to exercise. I mean, I gained 30 pounds in a year and a half. Oh, wow. And it was just like, well, you need to change your diet and you need to exercise more. And it's like, I've been running three miles a day. Like I know I'm gaining all this weight, Yeah, but it's still happening right you know so it's just everyone's different and it's when you have all these weird things happening and then you get it checked out and you get a diagnosis and it all makes sense but the people around you don't understand it you know it's like why are you so grouchy all the time why are you so short with me why are you falling asleep at seven o'clock at night why are you up all night it's just everything is affected. Wow. There's so much that could be linked to the pituitary. So that's another takeaway. If something doesn't feel right, don't just take your your doctor's answer where you're fine. But if you do later, remember, you can put them in your book. Yeah. They may may or may not like it. (laughs) Right. The power of the writer. Well, thank you. I think that's such a great message for people out there, women out there. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. One of the benefits of writing a personal story, one that you hope can change people's lives, is that it can push you in ways that other projects might not. Number two, putting your life and people from it in your writing, even if it's fictionalized, can be uncomfortable at times, but don't let that hold you back. Number three, first books don't need to be bestsellers. They are your baseline. Number four, if you're scared about investing in your book, know that that fear will diminish with each progressive book. And number five, most important, always listen to your intuition, whether it comes to books or your health. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you can take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.